within 30 days of COVID hitting, there was a quick reality that guess what? This is, this is going to make a difference and this is going to be necessary. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Brady Burkett. And today I have two guests. I have Brett Narlinger and Helena Mao, both at Black Hog Network. Brett is the head of global commerce and Helena is the head of payment solution business there. Welcome both. Thank you so much. You. Really glad to be here. Thank you, you for you, having us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. You both have a, a pretty good background in payment. So I want to I want to get into that. Uh, I think the show today will we'll touch on a few themes. You know, number one, looking at the trend to digital, um, maybe, maybe COVID as an accelerator, but uh, moreover, the trend to digital and, and also the trend to embedded finance and, and how you guys are positioning Blackhawk to be a big player there. So uh, why don't we go to, to the both of you, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, start with Brett. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Brett Narlinger, and uh, thanks for the intro. Um, I spent probably 25 years in direct payments business from the likes of First Data, um, Mercury Payments, which we ended up selling to Vantif, now WorldPay, um, now FIS. So um, spent uh, several years doing that. And then um, after that, I left and uh, decided to take a jaunt over to uh, Green Dot for a few years as we tried to transform that company from a, a GPR company that was sold at retail to something more banking as a service and really start, brought that to life uh, with, with Helena and now moved into Blackhawk, and we're really thinking about that whole concept of, of gifting, um, and then what do we go from there? So it's, it's been fun to watch the puck kind of skate to us when it comes to digitization, start thinking about QR codes and peeling off that barcode off the back of a piece of plastic, put it on a phone, and what's that capable of? So uh, that's primarily, uh, you know, my background. Okay, great. And hi, everyone. My name is Helena Mao. Um, so I had been at Green Dot Corporation for as long as I can remember, about 17 years. And um, I built out uh, one of the largest cash flow networks with the company and moved on to building out various uh, money movement capabilities. So I was behind the Uber Instant Pay, so an entire disbursement platform that facilitated on-demand payouts to the drivers as well as a Apple Cash, which is one of the um, more innovative programs in terms of P2P movement and being able to take that retained balance and spending you know, in stores where Apple Pay is accepted. Uh, so I'm really excited to you know, be joining Brett here at Blockhawk. I mean, um, I was super intrigued with the type of reach on a global basis that, that the company has. Um, and, you know, gift card is a form factor for payments and effectively over the years, it's bridging the physical and the online space in an unintended way, right? So from there, because we have all of those network connectivities and relationships, what it means is it really positions the company to turn those assets into many different ways to facilitate, you know, the switch to digital, the switch to accessing, you know, uh, any kind of currency that they may need to, you know, make purchases with. So thanks for having me here today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting, both of your backgrounds, for sure. I think our listeners today 
probably hear Blackhawk and think of gift cards and they, and they probably hear Green Dot and think of banking as a service. And that's no doubt due to the work that, that the two of you put in over the last couple of years. So Helena, I, I, I want to zoom in on, on some of those um, projects you worked on quickly. You know, Uber Instant Pay, Apple Cash, you mentioned, I'm sure you worked with a number of other clients, but you know, being at Green Dot for 17 years, I'm sure you were a part of that movement to, to become the banking as a service platform that has a lot of these marquee names attached to it. So could, could you share a little bit more uh, about you know, the, the, the product deliverables that, that you had for these clients and, and how you, you sort of positioned Green Dot um, to, to be in that position in the market? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's starting with the idea of productizing a platform, right? Um, and so, you know, um, what we can do, uh, what we did at Green Dot and what we will do here at Blockhawk is look at all of the various services and capabilities we've created over the years, and perhaps they were done more on a one-to-one basis, but how do we take those assets and reach one-to-many? How do we then, you know, facilitate the integration, the onboarding, so that we are accommodating, you know, all of our retailers need in one and all of our, you know, kind of content partners need on on the other side of the equation. Uh, So if you think about the core capabilities, that they need to supplement their business, these are not necessarily the things that they want to build, right? So, you know, at Green Dot, it's, it's, we're talking about account issuance, we're talking about customer identification, fraud and risk management, settlement recon. Uh, those are not things that our partners will want to spend their time on a daily basis. They want to market and acquire, but they need financial services to accompany the core. I think here at Blockhawk, it's the same thing, is that we have content partners that want to sell their products what they don't want to do is spend time worrying about how customers are going to pay, right? They want sort of that ubiquitous experience to be able to transact with them, regardless of the touch point. So that's our job. We're going to bring to the table a platform full of capabilities that they can take the entire package or they can go a la carte, but whatever fits into their business model, we will be there to support them. Let me, let me pile onto that a little bit because what you may be hearing the the first formation of is wallet as a service and start thinking about how we bring to life, you know, all of these different wallets under one umbrella and give, you know, customers a tremendous amount of power to be able to choose what they want and how they want to do that. The other thing I'd mention is, and, and it goes back to the green dot side, which is understanding the assets you have today and how do you use those assets differently? When I got to Green Dot, what I found fascinating was they had a bank or <laughs> a regulated bank. They had tremendous technology, great platforms, interesting innovation. And, and the question is, how do you take all that and package it up and give it to somebody and let them utilize that as a, as a service? And to be able to say, look, what pieces of this equation help you run your business? So if it's, it's Uber who needs to pay their drivers, or if it's into it, who needs to find a unique way to get payments back to, uh, you know, at tax time, or whether it's Apple, who's trying to think of how do we think about a cash account, but then also we want to launch Apple card and how do we think about incentives and rewards going back into that Apple cash account. So it's utilizing the assets of Greenup. That's exactly what we want to do here. It's the question of what assets do we have? And it's the same ones. It's, we have a tremendous platform, great reach. We're in 30 countries. We have connectivity with most points of distribution, and we have some partners that are, you know, all the brands that are hung on the rack that we connect to those. 
we have tremendous reach with those as well. Putting those all together, then like I said at the beginning, all you do is look at the gift card and say, what am I doing with this? I'm using the code on the back. Peel it off, use any form factor you want. Now I can buy gift cards digitally, I can redeem them, I can move them, I can email them, I can text them. Same exact thing we're looking to do here. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. And, and I'm sure when both of you were, were starting at Green Dot, banking as a service was probably not a common term. Now we hear it all the time, um, banking as a service platforms popping up and whether that's a, a bank itself offering the, the API layer to, to build on top of or, or sort of middleware companies uh, providing that. So, you know, you, you guys kind of uh, jumped into Green Dot, took on some of the, these big clients and positioned Green Dot for the future as one of the leaders in banking as a service. I'm curious, you know, if, if we're going to have a, a new term for what you guys are building at Blackhawk, you know, how do you think about taking those uh, traditional capabilities that Blackhawk had or, or things that they've been doing for the past, you know, the, the past years and, and reposition that? Or are you thinking, you know, specifically digitally? Are you thinking about clients that, that you want to build um, and, and then roll those out to, to future clients? Or, or how, how do you come in and, and think of a strategy and, and reposition the company for the future? Yeah, let me let me start with that. First off, I wish we could both take credit for banking as a service, but you'll get a kick out of this. It was actually an analyst who, when we were describing what we were doing, he looked at us and said, so it's kind of like banking as a service. And we, uh, we, we couldn't resist. We're like, yeah, that's ours. We're taking that one. Thanks, Brad. But that's exactly how that went. And yeah, we're, we're doing the same thing here. And, and let me give you a real life example. You have an Apple phone and you're going to text message and you go to the bottom of that and it scrolls through some of the apps at the bottom of your text message you'll see a little Starbucks bug. And that Starbucks bug, you open it up and you select an amount and you text that gift card to someone and then they can move that gift card into their wallet. That's us. That's, that's assets we have. Um, that operates on our Cashstar platform. And we've seen triple digit growth over the last few months on this, which so tells can we, me can we, we can have- we just, uh, Zoom in a little bit on that product. Um, and maybe yeah. this is a good example. If you could take us through the mechanics what the legacy technology was there and then, you know, what, what Blackhawk has done to really make that uh, a seamless customer experience, right? It really feels like an embedded experience that you're texting a gift card to someone. It is. It's, and it, and it can be in any form factor, whether it's text message, et cetera. But I would say this, the, what, what sets that product as, uh, you know, apart and whether it's someone goes online and they want to buy a gift card online and have it digitally moved to them or whether it's, uh, you know, shifted into via text message, uh, doesn't matter to us. All we're doing is authorizing that transaction. Now, what's really interesting is, and more importantly, is we're actually indemnifying those transactions. So we have some of the best fraud and uh, loss filters and tools in the industry on that platform. Pretty unique. And, and to give you an example, to be on the iOS platform, you've got to be pretty buttoned up. Your approval rates have to be through the roof because they don't want to have a poor experience. You want to have almost a hundred percent approval rate and you want to make sure that you're doing the right things. And so that is, that's the technology we have. Then it's just a question of a lot of customers. And this is interesting prior to COVID, we probably had hundreds of customers who were thinking about this, but didn't necessarily know whether now's the time. Some had made that decision like Starbucks and like some of the others that we, we work with, but several were on the fence within 30 days of COVID hitting, there was a quick reality that guess what? This is, this is going to make a difference and this is going to be necessary. What are some of the trade-offs that the client's way? It seems obvious uh, now that, that uh, brands should, should be 
open to digital experiences, uh, but curious, you know, what, what the holdup was in the past and, and how you guys overcame that. So simply put it, the question was, do I need, it's, it's that chicken and the egg, right? Same argument, no different. Do I need it? Um, is my customer going to embrace it? Do I need to have this, uh, this product to, to be able to support where they're at today? If only, you know, one out of a hundred people are going to use it, do I need to make that investment? Do I have to change my website? Do I want to change how I'm going to be going to market? And the answer is, is probably not if it's going to be one, 2%, but if 50% plus of your market within 30 days, all of a sudden said, yeah, we actually want to move to digital and that took off then it's going to happen. We saw the same thing with contactless payments, right? We, we, we absolutely saw for years, we knew that it existed, but we didn't see the customer. It was this balance between merchants, should I have it? And customers saying, should I use it? And so you had this upgrade situation where do I want to make that investment and spend the money now? Or do I want to wait until I get enough scale? Well, now you hit that point and then you start to see this, this huge flux. The same thing happened on our digital side. Yeah, and, and you, you are positioned well there. I think we've seen a lot of things trend digitally uh, over the past few months, right? Um, whether it's, it's banking or, or you know, communication, working, everything. So you know, I, I think a lot of the folks who listen to the show will think of Blackhawk as, as kind of a legacy um, gift card issuer. You, you talked a lot about looking at the assets the company has uh, and figuring out what the next steps are to, to make the company successful. So, you know, beyond the, the digitization trend, I'm curious what, you know, specific things are you looking at across the company? Um, and, and how are you, I guess, you know, putting action behind pivoting the company to, to be more of uh, uh, a, a future leader in the space? Yeah. So the, the other one is expansion, right? As we think about um, global expansion, as we look at new markets and we look at emerging markets, um, the other question is, so you look at our core business today, which is racking physical cards where someone can take that card, go to the cash register, check out and leave. Well, the question is, do they have to? <laughs> is, that, is that the process they have to follow? Could I potentially expand my reach and distribution by utilizing QR codes to have a digital mall? Does it have to be physical cards there? Could we enter into markets that maybe we didn't have infrastructure set up to do physical cards? but be able to do digital. And if the customer, the end user is, is actually in several parts of the globe, more leaning forward on digital than they would on a physical, what could I do with that? And so I'm now thinking about, you know, what do we do with that? How do we think about advancing our distribution? Could we find distribution points that hadn't been thought of before? Could we allow this to be an SMB product where SMBs who before we couldn't, ha we couldn't handle the logistics of being able to do physical, but digital allows you to be able to expand your reach both at the smaller end, to new countries, to other places that people may be congregating that may be different than they are, you know, today, whether it's, you know, outside of grocery or it's in a country that we can't get to, this allows us to open that up a lot. And the other one is, is a use case. So I found this fascinating. One of the use cases we have with that exact same scenario is, People would go in, they'd buy a piece of plastic, buy a card, they'd scratch off the code, they'd put that code into their phone and throw the plastic away. So I didn't realize when I came on board the amount of folks who use our mall as a self-use function. Mm -hmm. Interesting enough, I didn't realize my son was doing it. <laughs> my son, who does not have a credit card or debit card, I'm not going to let that happen right now, I, he, he's cash. 
And so in order for him to play Xbox or to, to use his, uh, his account with Xbox, he needed to put funds into that. He would go in, buy an Xbox card, scratch off the back, look at it, throw it in the trash. <laughs> I said, well, why, why, why go through the process and the logistics of hanging plastic? Can't we just get to a situation where he decides, hey, I want to use my phone. I pre-stage a transaction through my Xbox app. I go to the store. I, it shows a barcode. I go to the store. I walk right up. I show the barcode. And then I go ahead and accept $50. And that money moves straight into that skip the mall. That's another use case that we need to continue to proliferate because it takes cost out of the infrastructure. It makes it easier for our customers. And then it provides this connectivity between the app and the user. And it becomes that cool ecosystem without having to go through these hops. It's amazing to me what people, you know, how people use it creatively, but why not embrace it and just utilize the same technology to deliver the service? Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, the old, you know, uh, I guess user interviews or, or, or monitoring your user to understand how they're using the product. And it's usually surprising, right? If, if your son oh. is uh, going to, to buy a card and throw it out, you, you had up close knowledge of, of that. So I, I also want to talk about one thing we, we see a lot at Currency Cloud, and, and that's the idea of embedding a service and, and what that means to the customer. So I think certainly at Green Dot, uh, you guys understood that brands, whether they're financial or non-financial, could be Uber, could be Apple, could be, could be a new financial services company. Brands build that relationship with their customer. And, and while Green Dot has the capabilities, um, you, you guys wanted to sit behind the scenes. I think something similar is coming up with Blackhawk, right? You guys have these very uh, strong brands as partners. And, and a lot of times it's... it's uh, it, it, it's, it's not the easiest thing to, to sit behind the scenes, right? Because you want Blackhawk to get credit for all the cool things you're building and you want the customers to love Blackhawk too. But, but I think this is an emerging trend in fintech is offering embedded services rather than um, ha- have someone uh, refer you or have a click through or something like that. So can you talk a little bit about Blackhawk's relationship with, with the brands, um, how you guys are, are playing with the customer, you know, what, what your interaction is like with the customer and, and how you guys are optimizing that? Yeah, look, some of the greatest companies on the planet are those that, ha- that are behind the scenes and that are powering um, commerce, they're powering behaviors. And I, I've, my, most of my career, I've been in that exact same environment. First Data um, was a massive company, but very behind the scenes. We moved money between, you know, you'd have a card holder who realized what Visa and MasterCard was or American Express. And then they had the retailer they shopped with. They didn't know how that connective tissue happened, but they knew that eventually it would show up on their statement and they realized that they'd have to pay it. And that's how the, the ecosystem worked. And, and that's really the payments networks that we understand today. And there's a tremendous amount between that that, that powers that system. Um, that same thing happened at Green Dot. And, and to, from a business standpoint, to me, it was we had a choice. You could either sell a Green Dot reloadable card at grocery stores one at a time, or you could partner with Uber, Intuit, Apple, and pick up millions of customers at a time. Pretty simple, pretty simple cost of acquisition discussion. And so for me, I'd much rather lean into the channels and access their loyal customer base than trying to fight them to come into mind. So this goes back to that whole trusted brand discussion, if that makes sense. Who's the trusted brand today versus who was the trusted brand 10 years ago? 10 years ago, the trusted brands were the banks and it was the large guys out there. They were now the trusted brands are 
you know, completely different. They didn't even exist back then. It's Amazon, it's Apple, it's Facebook, it's Google. And, and we should lean into that. Does that make sense? We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be pulling back and, and, and shy away from that. We should be empowering those guys with services that they want because they have that connectivity to the customer. And that's all we're doing again. We're just going to repeat that process here. How do we empower those brands to connect to their consumers? And, and Helena, maybe you could touch on uh, some, of, some of the clients you worked with at, at Green Dot. How did those clients, uh, I know you called out Uber and, and Apple in particular, how, how did those clients view their brands? And, and I guess, can, can you shine a light on uh, how they think about uh, building those financial services and, and what they need their customers to, to feel and experience? Yeah, I mean, let's start with Uber, right? So if you look at their primary business, they have the drivers and they have the riders. And for the drivers, it was all about um, how do you facilitate, you know, paying them faster so that they can manage the cash flow if they need to refill gas and keep driving? How do you provide additional rewards and benefits, right? That's tied to the way that they're receiving their, their payout. Um, so in the case of Uber, that's where Green Dot came in. We both offered kind of an account-based product um, and a standalone disbursement product. So for drivers that, you know, have a financial need for um, a debit account or they want a separate account to manage, you know, kind of their independent contractor type of status for, from a business, you know, operations perspective, they have that choice. Um, and we were able to structure reward programs around that account that further benefits the drivers. On the independent uh, kind of disbursement services, it's really about giving the drivers a choice and flexibility on when they get paid and how much they get paid. So um, if they wanted, you know, uh, a quick $50 disbursement to gas up and keep driving, they can do that without waiting for the weekly payout cycle. Um, but if they say, well, I would rather just, you know, wait to get paid at the end of the week, they have that option as well. Um, so I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about bringing to the table what we do best and helping Uber achieve the, the engagement and the flexibility and that loyalty uh, with the brand, right? Um, the same thing rings true for, you know, for Apple, if you, th if you think about the the number of devices that they have in the market, right? And all of the offerings that they've rolled out over the years, whether it's, you know, music, video, um, you know, eBooks, financial um, transactions is another way to tie into people's everyday lives. So what they wanted to do was create a community uh, amongst the iOS users. Um, and one of the ways to do that is to facilitate P2P. Right. So that was the starting point was to facilitate P2P. But we all know that that in itself is not enough for people to really engage with everything else that you have in your ecosystem. Um, so we started expanding into, you know, being able to spend with the balance, being able to very quickly move the balance around. Uh, and then subsequently, we tied it to the other core offering that Apple had, which is the Apple Card. So the daily, um, you know, cashback rewards, the disbursement from Apple Card was deposited directly and um, into uh, Apple Cash. It was an automated um, type of transaction that made it super easy and brainless for the customer. They didn't have to think about it, but they knew with confidence that they were going to get those rewards and it would be in an account that they have flexibility for further P2P or spend in, a, in retail or in app. 
And, and, and one, one thing to add on that one is that what's just interesting that behind the scenes again, what we enabled that to happen was taking a regulated bank who could provide an account digitally. That's all that was, was behind the scenes. It was a bank account essentially digitized mm-hmm. with a, a, a virtual card that sits in the wallet that enables that cash to sit there um, and, and for them to be able to access a bank and a bank account essentially without a reg- without a license. So we provided that service to them. That's that behind the scenes that seems simple, but not something that was available to, to Apple without it. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting to hear these specific examples. Um, and, and to come back to Blackhawk and, and a client we've talked about here a little bit is Starbucks, right? So uh, I just be curious and, you know, just thinking about what you are trying to do for Starbucks, digitizing gift cards, create a seamless experience for, for the movement of funds between friends to share Starbucks with each other. You know, it, it would make sense from uh, an old school mindset to have a digital wallet of gift cards sitting on your phone, maybe part of your Apple wallet, but a brand like Starbucks with the mobile app adoption might want an experience that's more native to its app. So how do you guys think about that with your clients? Are, have, have conversations like that come up and, and how are you strategizing behind that and, and building the products that, that work for them? Uh, we embrace it. I mean, 100% embrace that. In fact, um, we can go both ways. My preference is, is always to embed ourselves into their technology and utilize a library of APIs to be able to empower that. Um, I always prefer that because that we, we've got to remember, we cannot during this process put friction for a consumer. A consumer wants a very frictionless experience. So, so that's on the technology side, absolutely. But more importantly, and it's not just Starbucks, it's so many other customers. It's the question of how do you reinvent gifting and think about gifting differently? Giving someone a Starbucks card is a nice gift, but couldn't I, te- so texting someone a digital gift card, really cool, unique experience but why not be able to go further? Shouldn't I be able to uh, send in P2P an actual drink? If I know you like a certain thing, give you that actual thing down to the skew level to be able to perform that way. Now I'm, connect- I'm, I'm this kind of that spectrum of intimacy, right? So if, if, if I give you a hundred dollar bill and I, you know, I'm, I'm your spouse, I give a hundred dollar bill to my spouse, that's not going to go over well, right? I, I, I give a gift card, an open loop gift card. That's, that's not feeling real good either. I give you a gift card for something that I know place you shop. Okay, that's, that's feeling pretty good. That's nice. Can I go further? Can I give you a selection of brands that you like to do? So we're thinking about, you know, things like our own original content brands where you will actually put five or 10 different brands on one card, give that to you. Now that's pretty thoughtful. Now, if I could go as far as to digitize that and select from a catalog of which brands make the most sense and then change the name to, you know, Happy Helena, now I'm even further down the road. And then when I actually fulfill that, can I do a thank you gift back to that individual and create that ecosystem? That's that, that spectrum of gifting that is both physical, it's digital, and it can be done in that environment. Now you're changing gifting. I think that's what we're, a lot of the forward thinking companies and like Starbucks and like a lot of our other partners are thinking, how do I get into that world? Because we actually think we're maturing down the gifting spectrum. By the way, that's in the U.S. Abroad, it's totally different. We have certain countries where gifting is actually considered rude, but they're starting to open up to it. And they're starting to say, well, gifting's rude, but if I got a, you know, if I'm in Mexico and I got a Liverpool gift card, well, that's, that's, that feels pretty good. And so we're starting to open up some of our countries around, some of the countries globally around gifting. So because we are unique, we're further down the spectrum. 
we have others that are just starting. So we're really just trying to introduce this entire concept of gifting from the beginning to the end, depending on the country we're in. Yeah. And, and I do think that, that mentality shed has been filled by the pandemic, right? Because you cannot interact with friends and families the way you used to. And so how do you achieve the balance of still being able to celebrate certain special occasions with them, but still have that level, as Brett said, the intimacy, the, hey, I know exactly what you like. And, you know, the, the gift card landscape wasn't quite set up to do that level of customization, if you will. Um, but it, that is something that, you know, Blackhawk is innovating in is how do we make it feel like it was designed just for you as opposed to, you know, oh, I picked, you know, the most popular one that I think probably will work, right? Um, and it's interesting because when I think about when people pick up Amazon, the reason they do that or Target, for instance, is because they know that behind Amazon and Target, there's a catalog of products that the recipient most likely will find uh, something they want or like to be able to purchase. Um, but what, why aren't we bringing that further to the front end to, to actually say, you know, we know exactly where you like to shop and we're going to make this very special for you. So that's the spectrum we're changing. It is being fueled by the pandemic. The adoption went a lot faster than we anticipated. Um, and it is also really popular, right, amongst the younger generation. So they're very comfortable with the digital purchase delivery. So I think, you know, we'll continue to see that trajectory, um, you know, kind of go up like a hockey stick. Yeah, we, we thought it might take, you know, years to, you know, the Gen Z population we weren't worried about. We thought it'd take years to get multi-generations to that. In six months, we've turned multiple generations into Gen Zers. I mean, you know, it's bad when my grandma's doing digital gift cards and she's sending pictures to digital frames and, you know, ordering on Instacart. The, 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 we've, we've, we've made that change in a very short period of time. And so we're, we're riding that as well. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's genuinely exciting, uh, the, the future that you guys are, are the, the picture you're painting of the future, right, uh, of gifting, thinking of the user first. So how does Blackhawk succeed? How do you grow? Obviously, you have this vision. Um, things can get a lot better for the customer. Um, are, are you tied to uh, new companies adopting gifting? Are you tied to, to gifting going more digital? But how does Blackhawk succeed and become the central pillar for, for this future of gifting? Yeah, so a couple comments I'd make on that. One is we are leveraging the brands that we already work with. I mean, we have some of those powerful brands out there, whether they're on the retail side of the house or whether on they're on the, uh, the side that we're actually seeing the, the cards in the mall. So we're working with them as well. But I think the other one is we're embracing the changes that are happening right, right, right in front of us. So for instance, we're partnering with PayPal. As PayPal's thinking about Venmo and how do we release those funds for Venmo? How do we tap into that and be able to use those for everyday spend? We're doing that. And um, we're, we're out there actively pursuing that. But then it's not just that. How are we partnering with WeChat and Alipay, which we're doing today, and really creating this, this whole third, fourth rail of payments around QR, but again, focused on the consumer. What are they using? Don't try to convince them to come into to your, meet them where they are. That's the most powerful thing we can do. So if you're a customer of WeChat or Alipay or Venmo or pick the pick the, where you are, how do we empower that? 
And even going further, think about loyalty points. At an all-time high right now, we've got all these loyalty points in airline miles and people aren't using them. How do we convert those? Paying with points has been around, but how do we turn that into real everyday spend money that they can use those points for groceries? That's the stuff we're thinking about. So whether it's partnering, we have partnerships with a wide host of loyalty programs out there. How are we trying to untap those values? Basically, think of it this way. Anywhere there's stored value, whether it's in points, it's in loyalty, it's in P2P accounts, people are surprised they go to their Venmo and they realize, oh my gosh, I've got a couple hundred bucks in Venmo. I didn't even realize it was in there. And if the only way to use those is to, is to have this ecosystem, that's nice, but couldn't I take that and go spend it and buy groceries for the week? That's the type of stuff we're trying to take all of those pots of funds and make those eligible for everyday spend. Yeah. And I want to expand on what Brett just said. And we'll go one step further. I think, you know, you do see some of that happening in the marketplace, but it takes pre-planning, right? I have to actively pre-plan for conversion of my points, and I may only be able to do it for certain denominations. I end up, for instance, you know, with a gift card that's either too little or too much, right? It's never kind of exact. So the next stage of what we're executing is the on-demand aspect of meeting where the consumers are when they need it. So if I am standing in a checkout lane and I say, I want to use my Venmo balance and it happens to be $35.21, we can do that, right? So it's, we, we take the, the guesswork and the, oh, I was too busy to think about it. Now I just have to pay with my credit debit. I can't use my balance. All of that we're going to remove. It's the friction um, that customers run into to really be able to use that balance today. We're going to take that out of the equation so that you know, going back to Brett's point is we should be able to facilitate these transactions domestically, or if we have, you know, once COVID is behind us and we have travelers coming in, um, that kind of cross-border type of payment facilitation is something we are very well positioned to do because of our network of partners, right? So, so we're going we're gonna to remove friction and we're going to go cross-border and really giving the customers a, a, a way to pay however they want to pay. That's the goal. It's really exciting. Uh, as, as a customer, I mean, we're all, we're all customers, we're all consumers. It, it's exciting to hear how, how you are thinking about the customer experience, uh, how, how you're thinking about leveraging the capabilities of Blackhawk to, to sort of open the box and let these brands have access to all the tools that they want to build the experiences. Uh, so I appreciate both of you coming on. Uh, it's been a really good conversation, learned a lot about uh, some of your, your work in the past and, and what's in store for the future. Hey, Brady, thank you so much for doing this. We, we, anytime, we love talking about this stuff. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, Brett, Helena, have a good one. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.